With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. This report brought to you by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call 310-GLASS today. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630-CHAMP. Guy Carboneau never scored more than 26 goals in a season, finished his career with 663 points in 1,113 regular season games. He played played a whopping 231 playoff games, did win three Stanley Cups, two with the Canadians, one with Dallas. A very good all-round player, three Selkie trophies. However, I would say not all individual trophies are created equally. Uh, three Hart trophies and three Selkie trophies are not the same thing. Three Selkie trophies and three Norris trophies are not the same thing. Uh, I mean, it's an award that honors defensive forwards. He, he got his 20-goal seasons in a higher-scoring era. And look, I really like this player, and uh, and I appreciated him. But I, I just don't think Guy Carboneau belongs in, in the Hall of Fame alongside some of the players who are in there or who didn't get in today. Might get in the future, but didn't get in today. Luke texting in, he says, The Hall of Fame is a joke. The elite players deserve their spots. Beyond that, it's a crapshoot like our appointed senators. Well, wow, taking me back to uh, grade 8 social studies on how we pick senators. Was that grade 8? I don't even know, Kellen. I can't even remember when I took it. Um, it was junior high sometime, but I, I can't remember. I, I don't seven, remember eight, what, nine. what year we learned about the uh, makeup of Parliament and our senators. I know we don't vote for our senators. No. Maybe we'll be appointed senators someday. <laughs> if we do a good enough job running the slaw 30, 40 years from now, <laughs> we're going to be senators. The Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. I think it would have to be deemed a cultural... Culturally that's right. significant Cult- resource. Culturally significant. Yeah, that's that's right. So because yeah. of that, we'll we'll get to be senators, and then just sit there and approve stuff, shake hands, meet people, talk about the slaw. Mm-hmm. By that time, we'll have sold off the slaw. Well, no, we'll retain an interest in the slaw. You don't sell a hundred percent of your business, Reed. You always keep at least five or ten percent for yourself, just in case you need it. <laughs> uh, well, got somebody from. Uh, the old hometown area of Evansburg texting in about a, a former social studies teacher. That's incredible. You can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. All right, uh, a lot of great hockey talk. Get more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com. We have more on Pugliarvi and Kara being, uh, getting their qualifying offers today. A breakdown of the Oilers' schedule is all there. And, of course, we're leading up to our free agency coverage on Canada Day right here on 630Ched. Thursday, we have football. The Eskimos' defense looking good. And one of the new players leading the way, especially against Mike Riley and the Lions last Friday. And that is linebacker Vontae Diggs. Vontae, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you for having me. 
Well, thanks for making time for us tonight. And uh, you guys must be feeling pretty good coming off that win over the BC Lions. Uh, the defense with a lot of pressure on Mike Riley, seven sacks. Uh, just tell me a little bit about that game, uh, Vontae. How come you were so successful pressuring the quarterback? Uh, we had a great game plan. Coach Wiley uh, decided that we were going to do a lot of pressure in that game, and uh, and the guys did their job. The D line did the job up front. The guys, the backhand covered down pretty well, and uh, it was just uh, a confusing time for the quarterback. And we confused them enough just to get there. It looked like a pretty intense game, uh, obviously, and I know you weren't here last year, but uh, one of the storylines was Mike Riley coming back to Edmonton. Uh, it looked like there was some chattering on the field, some big hits. Uh, what was the intensity like on the field? Can you take us down there? Oh, man, it was uh, very intense, a lot of com- uh, competition. Um, Mike is an acquired guy. He, he's going to let you know the, you know, who he is and his reputation, and that was pretty awesome just to be there and go against someone of his stature. Um, once again, like you already mentioned, this, this is him coming back, and we were talking about it, and I know he was talking about it, and there's a lot of other guys on that team that, that come from Edmonton, you know, so John White being one of them, who, you know, who we all know, the guy who likes to chat a little bit and talk, and I right up my alley, I, I like to talk, uh, excuse me, talk trash too, so it was a fun time, great time, and it was a great time to compete against those guys. Now, can you uh, give us a little uh, glimpse here? Did, like, do you have some go-to trash talk sayings? Do you uh, just go with the moment? Can you give us give us some insight here, Vontae? <laughs> uh, it's more so in the moment. If I you know, if I'm going against people that I already know, I'll probably break into you know some things that only me and that person know. Um, like if I'm playing against a friend or something, but usually it's a lot, a lot of in the moment, you know, talk about how, you know, you know, how they messed up on a certain play or, you know, pretty much when I was talking to Mike, I was telling them that we weren't going to stop coming after him. I was going to get to him eventually and all that good stuff. It was just a lot, a lot of fun, you know, the guys, and, you know, like when you're going against a competitor like Mike and, and uh, John White and all those guys, they're they going to talk their trash right back to you. So it was, it was real fun. Well, it was kind of an interesting situation for you, though, because like you don't you don't have any connection to that. I mean, you you got swept up in it, I suppose. But Mike Riley and John White and some of those they, they were never your teammate, right? So was it maybe a little different for you than with for some other guys? Uh, a little bit, you know. A lot of the, a lot of the things that uh, you know that they were talking about, I didn't really all, I didn't I have no clue of. You know, though they've been here. You know, they they've established themselves on 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 the team already in their years here. So it was kind of one of those things that they were pretty much using that bet card on me, like they don't even know who I am type deal and all that other stuff. It was just one of those things that, you know, that gave me a little bit extra drive during the game and continue to get after him a little bit. Well, you definitely got after Riley quite a bit. Uh, the defense did take a few penalties as well, which is which is part of the storyline. From your aspect there on the field, Vontae, I mean, it's easy for me and fans watching to say, well, they got to cut out the penalties. What's your view on the penalties, uh, and, and how do you maybe reduce those here in future games? Uh, discipline. A lot of the things we've done are something that we, we can control ourselves. But at the same time, a lot of them are just effort penalties, you know, where uh, a guy getting after a quarterback, you know, getting there a half a second too late, which is, you know, kind of ticky-tacky at the same time, but the refs are going to call what they what they feel they need to call, and we can't do nothing about it, but that's not going to slow us down. You know, we're going to always do what we're supposed to do, and that's going to after the quarterback. We're going to continue to do that from now to the, to the end of time, you know. One thing you will hear about us is we're going to get to the ball. 
Vontae Diggs from the Edmonton Eskimos joining us on Inside Sports tonight. You played in the NCAA, you, you played in the NFL, now you're in the Canadian Football League. What, if anything, is the biggest difference for you as a defensive player coming to the CFL? Is there anything that really stands out so far? Uh, the biggest thing is, you're, you know, you have to be a little bit better condition, but it's more of the spacing and the timing of things, how that works. Um, a lot of it, it, I'm still getting used to, you know, to this day. It's just having, you know, playing into the boundary and, and having more space than you would back down in the States. Um, that's really the biggest thing. Other than that, everything is football and football. You know, you, you only can dress certain things up so many different ways. So you're going to just continue to go out there and play and, and get better. And I got a great room behind me, you know, to help me along the way with Post TV, with playing Yovan Knox, Blair Smith, um, Christoph Lumba. I mean, it, it, it just goes on and on and on and on. And the great guys in that room to help me. So we, we all learning off each other. We're going to continue to get better. Tell me a little bit about the decision to, to sign with Edmonton. I, I often ask this of uh, American players who, who come to the CFL. Uh, you know, maybe it's not something they, they thought they would ever wind up doing, but uh, tell me how you arrived at, at this point and why Edmonton was the choice. Um, you know, me and Yovan have the same agent. So after, after they signed him and, and uh, they were still looking out for guys and I went down to Florida and, and went, met with the team and, and uh, got to participate in that camp down there, uh, I, I fell in love with the coaching staff. I mean, it was a great coaching staff and then the guys that were already signed on the team that were coming up and the guys that they signed prior after that, it was awesome, you know. And, it's, and you know, my I've, I've heard great things about Edmonton. I, I know some guys who've been here. Uh, Kenny Ladd that I played with him on, on the Redskins and, and he loved it up here. So it's just an easy bet, you know, just trusting my gut, trusting my agent, and, uh, and also trusting, uh, you know, versus my buddies who've already been up here. So, you know, I think I'm probably one of, if not one of, if not the best organization in the CFL. So we're going to continue to make this show right. Well, and as you've already seen, Vontae, the weather's all over the map, and you haven't even seen snow yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Chicago's kind of the same. You know, you never know what you're going to get in Chicago, so it, it doesn't really bother me too much. Uh, I would love to see the sun a little bit more, but, uh, you know, I, I, I can't control that. So we only control what we can control. You know, Vontae, I, I want to give fans a chance to get to know you a little bit because you have an incredible story. I, I've read about it, but I'm hoping to kind of get it in your own words here. You know, I understand your your childhood was, was rocky at some point. Were, were you actually homeless for a while? Can you give us the, the background here of what happened? Uh, yeah, my mom was fighting her own demons um, for a while. It, it, even to the day, she still kind of fights them. Um so, you know, with, with her, her she had a gambling problem, which is, you know, everyone everyone who gambles runs that risk of having that type of problem. And it got to the point where we didn't have a place to live. We lived out of a car for a while. And then, you know, it'd be nice that me and my older brother, Jamal, we would just take walks, you know, around the neighborhood and end up at a park or, or a buddy's house and kind of just like, you know, sleep in their backyard and sleep at the park. And just kind of like trying to figure out where we're going with our life and how we can help make the situation better. Um, I like to tell everyone that if, if the roles were switched, and I was the older brother, my, my brother Jamal would be in, in this situation right now. Um, he kind of took the role early of, of my father, and he's only five years older than me, so he was playing big brother and, and pops all at one while my mom was out working several jobs and trying to make ends meet. And 90% of the time, her ends meet never really made it through, you know. So it was a, the hardest thing ever, and then come to high school, 
my mom moved back to Chicago, and I didn't want to go with her just because knowing all the things that I was into and the type of kid I was, and I was really up to no good 90% of the time at the time. So I ended up staying in, in Downers, and uh, being the, the, my friend that I, I lived with, we had a falling out. Uh, so my decision was to, to tell him that I was staying with someone else, and then I told the other family that, the Dia family that I was staying with, you know, the Camachos, and I ended up, you know, just sleeping on a park for uh, for a while. And then one day there, the Dia brothers, the twins, they came and picked me up, and they were like, hey, our dad wants to speak to you. And uh, we sat at the kitchen table, and he's like, hey, we're, we're going we're gonna to let you stay here for a couple of weeks to find you more of a permanent place to stay. And, you know, those couple of weeks turned to a couple of months, a couple of months turned to a couple of years. And I tell people that is my forever home now, that is, that is my family outside of my family and you know they, they were at my brother's wedding they would be at my wedding and it's just how that rocked their mom their blood couldn't make me and the deal any closer Man, that, that's amazing, Vontae. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, I think fans are, are happy you've found a home here in Edmonton. You guys are off to a great start and another big one coming up against the Blue Bombers on Thursday. Thanks so much for checking in, Vontae. All the best this season. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it, sir. That is Vontae Diggs, linebacker with your Edmonton Eskimos, and that is quite a journey he has uh, been on. He talked about being homeless when he was a kid and kind of finding a new family and a place to fit in, and he's certainly fitting in so far with the Edmonton Eskimos. That is some great stuff. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blue Jays trailing the Yankees 3-2. That game is in the top of the eighth. We'll take a quick timeout. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chet. Texting 6.30, Not a frequent texter, but always an amusing one. He says, Reed Donald Trump was in the WWF. Just think how far you could go as president of the slaw. Fair point. Fair point. I, the sky's the limit for us, Kellen. Uh, co-founders of the slaw. You've also taken on the title Shimmering Commissioner of Mayhem. Yes. So I, I, I appreciate the positive energy from the Fizzler. We, who knows what the future holds, Kellen Kennedy? Exactly. All we got to do is just plan it. That's it. We have two wrestlers signed up, Roadhammer and uh, the pizza delivery guy. And, I mean, the Fizzler is pretty much helping us promote. So we do have an employee. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. By the uh, way, a month ago, got... we had nothing. I'm not sure if you've seen this or not, but on Friday, it came in a little later after we went off the air, but uh, pizza delivery guy sent in a text... And to summarize the series, yeah, he wants you as a manager because of your weapon smuggling skills. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Was that Thursday or Friday? It must have been Thursday. Because Friday we had the draft. That's right, Thursday. Thursday I told the story. I won't retell the whole story. I'm sure some people heard it. The 14 of you who who listened would have heard it. I inadvertently tried to take two butter knives through airport security on Wednesday (laughs) and was flagged and had them removed. 
I was like, sir, you can't take knives onto the plane. I was like, yeah, thanks for telling me. I'm not. Oh, I leftovers from lunch that I didn't then unpack. Like they were, they were in there for months, Kellen. They were wrapped though, right in plastic bags. Right. It's not like they were there, totally creating their own bacterial cultures. I do appreciate who wrote that in the pizza delivery guy pizza delivery guy yes one of our uh, first contenders for our, our championship belt Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling well we got the Eskimos coming up on Thursday 5 o'clock countdown to kickoff game against uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at 6.30 Jeff Hecht Edmonton native safety for the Bombers is uh, coming up after the 7.30 news we'll get to Kings Court with Ryan Court we continue to follow the Edmonton Oilers storylines the schedule came out today Kellen uh, I tell you what December is going to be interesting we got the uh, Canadians coming in December. We got the Leafs coming in December. We got the Rangers here New Year's Eve. So three original six teams. The Penguins are here in December. The Oilers are going to finish the season on the road against Calgary. But prior to that, they have a six-game homestand. Wow. So let's hope it has, uh, has some meaning that they have some some home games in the bank as we get down to the uh, end of the year. And currently... The uh, Oilers, some of the Oilers' prospects taking part in development camp downtown, and uh, the Billy Morris Cup is coming up at 6 o'clock on Thursday, so you can go check that out if, if you want. Philip Broberg is there, as are the Oilers' uh, first two picks from last year, first and second rounders, uh, both out of the uh, OHL, Evan Bouchard, defenseman, and forward Ryan McLeod. Scott Housen is the Oilers' director of player development, and he commented on those two players. Well, let's start with Evan. Evan uh, had a very good year in, uh, in London, um, went to the World Juniors, which is what we expected him to do. Uh, uh, had a good playoff with London. Then really, uh, you know, he, he got a little bit of experience in Bakersfield, which was great, which, which Ryan McLeod did too. And uh, I think those, those little steps are, are very important. And uh, we'll, they've got a taste of now of, of, of pro hockey at a high level. Those games, I don't know if you guys saw some of the games that they participated in against Colorado and, and, San, Di- or, um, Colorado and, and San Diego were, uh, were very, very good, hard games. So um, they both took steps. Ryan uh, got traded midseason to Saginaw, had a great playoff run with Saginaw. So uh, we'll, we'll all be watching and, and see where they go. Big summer ahead of them, and then uh, it all starts for real in the fall. All right, so a couple of guys uh, very likely to be in the AHL with the Bakersfield Condors, and it's it's you know it's going to be kind of a cliche when you talk about young hockey players, but it's it's what they're doing without the puck that is is key for these guys. We saw it last year in the seven games he played in the NHL. Evan Bouchard with the puck was already as good as any Oilers defenseman. He got a goal, made some great passes. For him, I think it's getting back on puck retrieval, be, being aware in his own end. And, and I talked to Ryan McLeod yesterday as well, and and he said, you know, yeah, I watched the Stanley Cup final, and s- speed is important, and McLeod is fast. Kellen, I mean, we, we saw him last year in development camp. We saw him in some preseason games. He mm-hmm. can definitely skate, but you can't just be fast. you got to get involved, and you have to be at least physical enough to, to do something with the puck and compete for the puck once you get there. So uh, two promising prospects for the Oilers. Their, their prospect system, I, I would not call it great, but, uh, but I think it's probably stronger than it's been in quite a while, certainly in the, in the six years I've been uh, on the beat for the team. So hopefully they keep growing and, and the draft picks they took on the weekend in Vancouver blossom into something. But there are some definite holes on the roster. Phil called in earlier. Goaltending is a big question mark. you got to think Peter Morazic is a guy they would talk to 
and uh, and Target, given his history with Ken Holland, had a decent year last year with the Carolina Hurricanes, and probably somebody. Um, I don't think the Oilers are looking for a 20 to 25 game backup. I think they're looking for a, a guy around 35 games, given the way Koskinen performed last season. Many, many storylines ahead for your Edmonton Oilers. Okay. Jeff Hecht, he is quite a story. From high school football in Edmonton to the Edmonton Wildcats to now a, a pretty long CFL career that is still going strong with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's up next, Inside Sports on Chet. Breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Eskimos quarterback Trevor Harris has not thrown an interception this season. Our next guest had two interceptions in his first game of the year against the BC Lions, and he's trying to stop his uh, old hometown team. Edmonton native Jeff Heck, now a defensive back for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, is on the line. Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, yeah, life must feel pretty good. You, you start off uh, with a win. Big showdown here coming up against the Edmonton Eskimos. Man, I, I know it's early season. It's only week three, but I'm looking forward to this game. Two teams that have, have looked good so far. Yeah, we think the the West, like always, is going to be a little bit of a shootout here. So uh, anytime we can get off to a quick start, we're gonna we're gonna be happy about that. And Edmonton has been doing the same. They looked really good in the last uh, couple games. They put up some pretty impressive numbers, especially on offense as, as we approach it as a defense. And and we're looking forward to getting out there and testing ourselves against uh, one of the top top rated teams right now. And for you, obviously, uh, the, the whole Edmonton connection. Uh, did you grow up an Eskimos fan? Am I being a little presumptuous there, or, or who was your team when you were a kid? I mean, it's a state presumption. Uh, I think every sports fan in Edmonton grows up an Eskimo fan, especially when I grew up. They were wildly successful. I mean, they won. I watched them win two great cups, and, uh, and uh, even before that, they were always a successful team, one of the more consistently successful teams over the last few decades in the CFL, so it was easy to be a fan, and, you know, being someone that grew up right in right in the city, it, it was a no-brainer for me growing up to be an Eskimo fan, for sure. Now, was, uh, t- tell me a little bit about your uh, career getting into football when uh, when you were in school and, and were, were a little guy. Were you playing right for, from a young age, or when did it get going for you? No, I grew up with, uh, playing baseball. I, I played no with Little League baseball for, you know, most of my life, and then into high school, it... Um, it became too expensive. You know, we couldn't, uh, my family couldn't afford to, you know, pay the administration fees. We, you know, we didn't grow up with a lot of uh, disposable income and I wasn't working enough part-time at Harvey's to pay for it. So made the transition to football. I was just always into sports. And in high school, I started football. I played at W.C. Wagner and um, just kind of continued, play- I enjoyed playing football, continued on with the, the Wildcats, playing junior football. And um, finally, you know, the realization that I could take it to the professional level became apparent. Um, so I dedicated myself a little more to, to, you know, making that goal reality and ended up put in Halifax, St. Mary's Huskies. And uh, here I am now. Well, I, I, I love a lot of the things you said in that answer. Obviously, Wagner, a, a school not far here from 630 Chad, uh, and we're kind of, you know, just north of Mill Woods, north of the White Mud. So uh, this, this was your part of town, eh? Yeah, I grew up in Millwoods. Um, 
at the time, I, I grew up right across from J. Percy Page High School, actually, and when I went to uh, high school, they didn't have a team uh, to date myself a little bit. They didn't they didn't have a football program yet, and Wagner was the closest um, school that did. I didn't know anything about football programs, and uh, unbeknownst to me, they had one of the, the consistently worst programs uh, to, to try to join, but we had success. We turned around, and, you know, my second year there, we ended up winning a junior city championship, and... Um, yeah, it was a great decision for me, and it kind of catapulted this whole thing. I love that you threw in uh, the job you had too. You, you worked at Harvey's, so man, uh, so you you know you you came up and that to uh, you know you said you had the part time job to help out wherever you could. Do you ever think about those days? Like, wow, I'm actually playing pro football. Like, I'm not putting mustard on burgers. Like, this is great. Well. Uh, surprisingly, Harvey's was not exactly my long-term plan, uh, but uh, I'm not really surprised. I'm maybe you know maybe a little surprised that I, I stretched it out to a nine-year career. I'm not surprised I um, made it to the professional level, and I'm not surprised I strung out uh, what I consider a pretty impressive career. I mean, the work I put in and uh, the the rewards I've gotten out of it were kind of expected of me. Of myself, if that makes sense. Um, I hold myself to an extremely high standard. Uh, I don't take on a project with the outcome of not uh, succeeding being a possibility. So all, as soon as I committed myself to, to being successful in football and playing pro, I mean, I'm not surprised where it got me. And uh, But from the outside looking in, the, before I started high school football, I was um, slinging burgers and... Uh, from there to here has definitely come a long way in the right direction. Jeff Heck from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers joining us tonight on Inside Sports Bombers and Eskimos coming up on 6.30, Chad, on Thursday night. So tell me a little bit about that realization that, that you could really make it in, in football. Did, did a coach or a mentor help you get there? Were there a few big moments or big games that helped you get there? Tell me, because that's a big step, right? you got to make that step mentally before you can try to do it physically. Yeah, exactly. Uh, football for me was always fun. Playing uh, CJFL football with them and Wildcats was, I still tell everyone, the, the most fun football I've ever played. There's uh, guys from that team I'm still best friends with today. I go on ski trips, uh, you know, across the country, and I emcee their weddings. I mean, we're still best friends. It, it was a great time. And football to me was fun. It was enjoyable. In, in my fourth year, I was getting some recognition as an all-Canadian level player in the Junior Football League. And uh, ended up getting a workout with the Eskimos as a local junior. Uh, underperformed. I don't think I really knew what it took to be a pro at that level. I just assumed, you know, my success would carry over. And that was a little bit of a wake-up call as far as the necessary seriousness level that I had to, had to take in my approach to football if I really wanted to continue. Played one more year junior, you know, because we had a, we had a good team. And I just didn't want to... I didn't want to end that at that, um, that stage of my football life. and But that's when I really decided that, uh, you know, if, if somebody out there thought I was good enough to at least get a tryout, then uh, I think I need to owe it, owe it to myself to, to go all in and see if, I could, see if I could make this happen, and I'm glad I did. So what, I mean, you're into your 30s now. You, you mentioned how long you've played in the league. It, it, football's a tough sport, Jeff. You know it. The bodies get banged up. The, they're always looking for younger, cheaper players. 
what's the key to you not just surviving this long, but but thriving and still being a really important player in the league? Uh, number one is physically taking care of myself. I have a very active lifestyle. Uh, everybody who knows me knows that I'm a gym rat. Uh, I do the right things nutrition-wise and physically to take care of my, myself because it doesn't matter how how much you want to play football or how much you love the game or how much you understand the X's and O's. If you can't get out there and perform at a high level physically, there's no way you're going to play this game. Uh, very few football players at any stage in their career choose to quit football. Almost always it's a coach telling you you're no good or your body shutting down and saying we can't do this anymore. That happens to guys in uh, all the way from Pop Warner High School, junior, collegiate, into the pro, it's just a matter of when either you're not going to be able to compete physically or when your body is going to fail you and start to deteriorate. So that's the number one most important thing is, is staying physically active, performing at a high level, making sure that, that you're able to meet the physical standards. And secondly, it's the academic approach to football I've always had. I, I've always considered myself one of the smartest guys in the field. I'm always striving to learn. I, you know, I want to know what the left tackle is supposed to be doing and what the D-end is supposed to be doing and what the running backs are reading. I just, I'm just i always a sponge as far as football academia. Uh, that happened actually in junior football. I think in my second year, I remember we were playing the Saskatoon Hilltops and their safety at the time. I remember it was a, a guy named Matt Yowsey, and he was yelling out our plays when they were on defense. And I was absolutely dumbfounded. Like, how is this? And I, I remember asking the coaches after him, like, how does he know what we're doing all the time. Like how, like I, I cannot comprehend how he's figuring this out. And they just go, they just like, he just watches film. If you watch enough film, you'll get little, little tidbits of information or tells or certain formations or certain guys will give you tells them what we're going to do. And it was just, it was like a Pandora's box at that moment for me, as far as my approach to, to film work. And, uh, and at that stage, I mean, we, we would burn out VHS tapes, you know, as you mentioned, I am in my thirties now. In junior football, we would burn out VHS tapes and we're rewinding and rewatching and rewinding and rewatching and rewinding and rewatching, and that's what really catapulted the success. So, number one is is to play at this level, even one year, it's physical. You need to be able to perform at a fast, high level. You need to be durable. So, so keeping the body uh, right, keeping nutrition, staying healthy, performing at a high level physically, and then the second most important thing for me is. The, the academic, learning more about football, learning, always trying to get a competitive advantage with with, with the, the mind, which, which is something that you can't measure at the combine. And it's something that can always in, improve where physically you're kind of limited sometimes. You know, there's a ceiling physically. Mentally, there's no ceiling. And that's something that I've really used to my advantage. Well, I loved how you answered that question. I, I, you can just hear your, your passion in describing the, the work you put into the game. So that's awesome stuff. And you mentioned how you take care of your body. Is that where the, the muscle flex celebration comes in that I, that I saw you and some of your teammates doing when uh, you picked off Riley a couple times last game? Or where does that start? It's, I don't know. I don't, honestly don't know how it started, but it's, always, it's something I've been doing throughout my entire pro career. Uh, because I am a gym rat and, and I'm always working out and, you know, part of working out is, is reaping the benefits, of, you know, of the aesthetics. So uh, throughout most of my pro career, I make a big play or a big hit or or uh, get a knockdown on a block. I always seem to just revert to the flex and, 
No, no, you got to know yourself and know what you're good at. And uh, a double bicep flex is something that I've always been great at, to tell you the truth. So, uh, you know, if you got it, it's wanted kind of thing. So it just, you get energized in plays and it's just, um, you know, a, a high intensity moment. And that just seems, seems to be throughout my career. That's the go-to celebration. All right. And dare I ask, uh, is Deron Carter a chicken or what was going on there? <laughs> That was just I, I I came out of nowhere to tell you the truth, and uh, I that's what went through my head at the time. I felt like I was in a position to make a big hit at that at, at that point in the game. You know, I hadn't made any significant game changing plays. I was playing really solid football, but I hadn't had that game changing play. Something that I really focused on doing this year, whether it's a big hit, a big tackle, or an interception, or a tip ball. These are these are plays that I'm constantly trying to make and. And at the time, all I thought in my head is like, you chicken, like, you, like I felt like you cheated me out of an opportunity to really put a stamp on the game early. And, and uh, I mean, Duran's a great player. I, I played with him. He's a good player, and he's going to make his fair share of plays. But, you know, on that one, I, I think I got the upper hand on him. Okay. Well, Jeff, great interview. Thanks so much for making time for us here on 630 Chad, and enjoy watching you play this season. Have a good one on Thursday. I will do. Thanks for having me, and uh, anytime. Well, definitely, we'll have Jeff on again. That was Jeff Hecht, Edmonton native, now with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Man, he really went into his motivation and how he has uh, stayed relevant and kept the job in the CFL into his early 30s. Really good stuff. Played at WP Wagner High School right here in Edmonton. All right, Blue Jays down 4-2 in the top of the ninth. They have a couple men on base, but there is one out. And when we get bat, our weekly... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Tuesday feature, Kings Court, with Eskimos long sapper Ryan King, coming up on Inside Sports. Some conditions apply. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. The Oilers' schedule is out. They have made qualifying offers to Puglia Yarvi and Kara. Even though Puliyarvi's agent has said he is done with Edmonton, uh, no offers for Reader and Raddy, so they will become free agents. Get the uh, latest on the Oilers' details on the schedule on 630Ched.com and, of course, more on the Eskimos on our website as well. We uh, wrap it up tonight with our weekly feature starring Eskimos long snapper Ryan King. It is King's Court. to King's Court on 630 Chet. I'm your host, Ryan King, and we are here at Commonwealth Stadium with the one and only Calvin McCarty, fullback, special teams extraordinaire, the oldest player in our roster. Whoa, whoa. I'm just kidding, but he kind of is. He sort of is. (laughs) 13 years in the league, uh, all of those with Eskimos, so it's an honor to have him on the show. Let's start off with uh, how training camp went, how rookie, how the rookie um, stuff all went, uh, first couple games of the year. 
Uh, how's it going so far? It's pretty good. The GM and the guys upstairs have put together a nice roster for us this year. I had a pretty uh, quick, not quick training camp, but tough training camp, but uh, efficient and a lot of competition. First couple games of the year has been solid. You know, it was about going 1-0 each week and same story this week. Uh, 13 training camps you've been through. How would you rank this, uh, you know, over the 13? Is this uh, is it getting easier as, as uh, you kind of get older in the game or is it uh, are they getting uh, tougher? The real tour days make it a little bit easier, but the mental side, I'd say, is a lot more with uh, the extensive playbooks. The playbooks probably doubled in size since my first training camp. A lot less physicality between, you know, wearing the shoulder pads and, and having the, the CFLPA and the CFL put those rules in. have definitely, I, I feel like, helped me out a little bit, but it's, uh, it's a grind no matter how you look at it. But uh, I'm, I'm excited, and I definitely will rank this one at the top. All right, that's good to hear. Uh, obviously, you started off 2-0. and You've had some big plays out there, um, leading the special teams group, and uh, obviously being a part of the offense. Uh, how important is it to you to be kind of multitasking and being a part of both the offense and special teams? That's uh, That's been the way since I uh, first came in here. It's uh, the more the better. The more you can do out here, obviously, the more valuable you are to the team. Uh, and always being open and being able to adjust on the fly sometimes with the limited roster space and guys being able to have multiple skill sets are, is definitely valuable. Whatever they ask me to do, I'm excited to do it. Well, and that's definitely a fact here. In 13 years, uh, multitasking is probably even the wrong word, and being valuable is, uh, is uh, I don't think, the right either. You got 28 touchdowns uh, in 13 years. You've, uh, you're in the 190-plus games played, 80-plus. Um, special teams tackles uh, you've been all over the place uh, since you first walked in here but a couple cool things to point out how cool is this for you that you are now being coached by AJ Gass Tucker Coach Moss these are guys that you got to play with and uh, be, be a part of the locker room with as well uh, now be coached how, uh, how cool is that for you it's awesome I mean uh, they were obviously older vets when I came in they kind of had that coaching role for me Coach uh, Tuck was my locker mate actually he called, taught me a couple few techniques to help prevent some of the growing injuries. We're not going to get into that too much, but if you do want to know, contact Kinger, and I'll give him the info, and uh, he'll let you know how to how to accomplish that. Um, Coach Gas has been, you know, probably one of the, the biggest coaches, I say, that had an impact on me on special teams when I first came. And the guy screaming off the edge, he, he was the first one to let me know, don't hesitate to chop them down, Cal. They have to play with technique. And uh, Coach Moss, obviously, his work ethic and seeing the intensity that he brings daily is something that rubs off on you as a player and you definitely want to go out there and execute and it's easy to play for a coach like that. Right on. It's a couple of fun facts in regards to that. Cal's five games away from the 200 mark, which is going to pass Gizmo Williams and uh, he's five tackles away from passing A.J. Gass on the special teams tackles. So obviously those are two legendary uh, people he's going to be uh, passing this year and uh, Cal uh, legendary himself. So I got a couple quick questions here. Uh, Road game snap. What's your favorite road game snack? Cheesecake. Is that like a dessert, or we're calling that uh, that's, that's the snack dessert. as well? Uh, no, road game snack. You know, uh, but I sit at the back of the plane with you. Like we, we've eaten a couple things in the back of the plane, or yeah. rookie treats. Uh, little Tim Hortons in there. Per diem. How how are you spending your per diem? Per dizzy. That's that's pocketed. That thing is uh, non-existent these days. I'm a married man. How much money are you bring back uh, out of that per diem every every week? Come on. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't think I get per diem this year, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we don't get per diem anymore. 
healthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, post-game fast food. I know we all uh, kind of get there sometimes. Uh, what's your favorite post-game fast food? Oh, A&W Team Burger. Easy. You going onion rings and gravy or you liking that fries? No gravy. Hold the gravy. We might throw apple pie in there every once in a while, though. All right. Uh, last couple quick quick ones here. You're a one-handed master uh, on the field. I've been seeing it my entire career. I, I don't even really watch it anymore. I just assume you're catching it. How did you get so good at the one-handed catch? Really, man, I, I really credit it to a lot of baseball coming up. Played a lot of baseball, third, short. You know, if you're on the third base, you're hot corner. You really only have one glove, so it's the one-hand glove hand. And sometimes they're defensive catches. Sometimes I get my head around the balls there and it's just reacting. So uh, sometimes we practice them in offseason as well with our King McCarty stuff that we do. But a lot of times I just try and make sure I catch the ball. And if it's there and I have to reach back and grab it, that's just, just the way she goes. All right. And you've had some legendary quarterbacks that you've been under. Uh, you've had Ricky Ray. You've had Mike Riley. You've had Matt Nichols. You've got Trevor Harris. Uh, and the list probably goes on. Um, that's a Stephen Giles, uh, Kerry Joseph. Uh, what? Uh, who threw you the best? Who threw you the best ball? Straight Ooh, up, you're, you're a fullback. You're getting those checkdowns. Those are coming in hot. You know who, who's giving you the most love and who's throwing you the best ball? Ricky Ray. I will leave it right at that. That's Ricky it. Ray. You know, you've been here for a long time. Yes. Uh, last thing I want to touch on is uh, obviously Canada Day coming up, being Canadian. How important is, uh, you know, you being such a huge part of uh, the CFL, uh, the Edmonton Eskimos, being Canadian uh, with Canada Day coming up. Uh, are you excited for it? Hey, I'm pumped. First things first, though, we got to go one and all this week. And uh, looking forward to celebrating Canada Day during the bye week. And uh, go Eskimos. You got any plans for the bye week? Do, I thought we had plans for my week. Well, don't talk about those plans. You, you know, we got no plans on the bye week. <laughs> All right, we uh, we are going to be uh, we appreciate Cal being on the show. Uh, obviously, it's an honor having uh, Calvin McCarty uh, be a part of this. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Ryan King, and I will see you next week in the King's Court on 6:30. Chad, love you, mom. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.